Blog Talk Radio. Hi there. I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we do know if we want to continue to enjoy our, enjoy our lives as we age, we have to be mindful of how we nourish our bodies, and our guest today is an expert on helping us do just that. I am thrilled, over the moon thrilled, to welcome back my dear friend and one amazingly creative lady, Nava Atlas. Nava is a multi-talented visual artist as well as a reviewer of women's literature with her book and newsletter, The Literary Lady's Guide to the Writing Life. But Nava is probably best known as the author of numerous books on vegan and vegetarian cooking. I know you're going to recognize many of your own favorites among her extensive repertoire. Uh, my Perhaps my all-time favorite, it's hard to choose, but vegan soups and holiday and hearty stews for all seasons, I love that one. This one is particularly interesting for the time we're talking, because it's just before Thanksgiving. Vegan Holiday Kitchen, Plant Power, Five Ingredient Vegan, and Vegan on a Budget, and that's just a few of them. But Nava's joining us today to share all about her journey, her own journey as an early plant-based eating pioneer, and the recently released update of her very first, a very original book, Vegetariana. Nava, you know I always love chatting with you, so welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I always just absolutely love talking to you. Well, and I am thrilled because we're going to get into some of your own personal reminiscences of being, as like I mentioned, an early plant-based pioneer because back in 1984 when the original version of Vegetariana was published, I mean, there were very few vegans and vegetarians around. <laughs> and now, of course, there's tons of them. But back then, I bet you were considered a bit odd. <laughs> so tell us how oh, your sure. experience of getting that book published <laughs> Oh, actually, I was going to say some of my interviews and podcasts have been have been called from vegetarian weirdos to vegan heroes <laughs> because really in the <laughs> 80s, just being a, a vegetarian was enough to make you a weirdo. I remember we, if we'd go to somebody's house, a vegetarian, oh my gosh, what are they going to eat? And now being a vegetarian is so not a big deal. Maybe some people still freak out about vegans, but even not so much that anymore. But you know, I do remember. You know, this. You know, I'm sorry. Were you about to say something? No, no. Please go. On. I want to hear a little bit about the story about how it got. You know, that book got published because it. You know, oh. again, I don't think uh, even cookbook uh, publishers were going crazy for vegetarians back in 1984. No, actually, you know, this has been an opportunity for me to really reflect over these last 40 years because I did get my first contact in, for this book in 1982. So that's 40 years. And, you know, there's been such a sea change in the whole movement. But thinking about who was out there and really had managed to break even a little bit into the mainstream, I think I counted maybe 12 of us. There's, you know, in the 70s, there was Molly Katzen, there was Anna Thomas, there was Diet for a Small Planet, Francis Morlapay. Then in the 80s, there was uh, Martha Rose Shulman, and Deborah Madison and a few others and, you know, shy little me. <laughs> so um, it was very, you know, and basically I was an illustrator and graphic designer. I've never been trained as a cook or a chef. I've never worked as a cook or a chef. Wow. But basically I wanted to put together my 
recipes that I was concocting at the time, vegetarian mostly, with my skills as an illustrator and graphic designer. And you said, I, you know, really, I'm going to tell this story in a real nutshell. Uh, and we didn't have email back then. And so anytime I wanted to approach a publisher or an agent, it would have to be with cold calling. And I cannot oh, tell you how terrifying that was for me. I can imagine. I never even for, I forgot about that aspect. So yeah. you would just call up and say, yeah. I know you're going to want to publish this weirdo book on vegetarianism. Well, I couldn't say things like that. I probably stumble and mutter and sputter <laughs> and, and somehow get through a call without fainting. That would be a miracle. But, you know, long oh. story short, when I found out that I would really need to get an agent, my husband kindly took my pages that I was in my proposal that was so crude to a copy shop across from where we have our studio in Union Square in New York City. And it just so happened, this is so such synchronicity, the guy behind the counter said, oh, what's this? It looks really interesting. And my girlfriend is a literary agent. So sometimes, you know, those little miracles happen. And I called a girlfriend, you know, again, with, uh, you know, terror and they, you know, when they answered without much enthusiasm, you know, like, who is this kid? I asked my husband to take it up to their office, which is in one of their apartment. And he said, oh, my gosh, they were so snooty. I don't think they're going to call you. Well, the next morning they called me. At least oh they called gosh. me. And they said they wanted to represent me. And six weeks later, they had sold it to one of the top cookbook publishers in New York City. So I, you know, there was just a little... A little luck, a little timing, and the book did very well when it came out. It became, I would say, you know, not a bestseller, but a cult classic for sure. Yeah. Oh, now, that, you know, we've known each other for years now. I have never heard that story before, but I think divine intervention comes in, you know, or the universe or whatever, when the time is right, because... That is a true story of a, I mean, not maybe a major miracle, but certainly a minor miracle. For sure, because I don't know. If I had had to just mail it around to several agents, I probably would have thrown it in the trash or something. But, you know, sometimes it's just that it takes that little, should you know somebody or you know somebody who knows somebody, and especially I think that's become even more important in this day and age where everybody is just overwhelmed with everything. Right, like yeah. you say, email is old hat now, and you know, I mean, too, like, and you get a bazillion a day, half of them are fake. So, yeah, you you might get back to that nerve wracking cold calling again if if anybody wanted to publish a book or get in contact with someone. So, but well, I do want to talk about an agent, not the same agent, but a different agent. She does the cold calling for me, so thank goodness for that. It still wouldn't be much easier for me today. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, good. You got you got someone to do that kind of work, and I think. Too, you know, again, you have so many talents. If you'd add good at, at cold calling to your other talents, I'd be really jealous of you, Navasol. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's talk a little bit about the newest version of Vegetariana, um, and it's you know you've you've updated it a little bit. So tell us a little bit about some of the changes that have been made in this latest version. Yes. So actually, even until very recently, I'm talking about just pre-COVID when I was still doing in-person talks like at stores and libraries, people would literally bring their original copies of Vegetariana that were falling apart 
at the scene. Oh. Sometimes they would be in pieces. They would be stained and just, you know, but they wouldn't let go of them. So that was very, very flattering. And it was, but it's never been printed or bound nicely. And that, as you know, the drawings are very delicate. They're done in pencil. And they, the publishers would always print them on kind of toothy paper that didn't show off all the detail. So I really wanted this to be printed nicely and bound in hardcover, first of all. Second of all, you know, I've been a vegan now for 20 years, so I wanted my kind of iconic book to be vegan like me. So I would say it took about a year to veganize the recipes, and that really wasn't difficult. And we'll talk about, you know, ingredients and things like that in a bit. And then the third factor was that in my previous editions, I would really let a lot of male literary figures do the speaking, you know, in the uh, anecdotes and the quotes and such. And I thought, I'm now also an expert on women's literature. I've got to get more women's voices into this book. So those are my considerations. Beautiful printing and binding, uh, more female voices, and veganized. Well, and speaking of the female voices and your drawings, I mean, this book, we had talked a little bit about it before going on air, and I know this is something that you share with several of your readers. You don't even have to really like to cook to get to get a lot out of this book. So tell us why that's true, Nava. Well, there's a lot to read in here, a lot of folklore and uh you know, really wonderful literary quotations about food. I mean, food is the thing that really connects us as humans. Everybody has, that's the one thing everybody has to do is eat. And there's just, you know, a lot of fun things too, a lot of tidbits. And there's even some poetry. There's all kinds of authors that people will recognize, how different foods came to be, you know, how it came from Spain to South America and then to Mexico. It's just, you know, it's just like a fun read also, even if you never cook for it, from it. And I do know people who have never cooked from this and just like to read it and browse through the anecdotes and quotes and drawings. I do want to really highlight the drawings because, again, when I introduce you as multi-talented, and, and Nava and I, like I say, we, we are friends. I've told her many times I'd love to live inside your head, but not for too long because it's got so much going on in that brain of yours, Nava, with all of these various talents. But the drawings <laughs> are extra special. <laughs> yeah, the drawings are truly extra special. So even if you don't like reading or you don't like cooking, buy it for the drawings. Well, I was going to say that I did do some new drawings for it. Not, you know, not a lot. Maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 new drawings. And that was the most challenging part for me is really matching what I did when I was in my 20s. It just seemed easier. And I don't know if it was the eyesight or the patience or the fact that we weren't, we just really weren't so overcrowded back then because there was no email and, you know, social media and things. I don't know. I, I think we just had more space in our heads. So doing you know, re- doing new drawings was was the most challenging part for me, gratifying but challenging. Wow. Well, I mean, and it, it, they're all they really are amazing, and they add so much to the book because, uh, well, of course, you are so talented and all. But I just I love the way you put it together, and you know, put various drawings and anecdotes with certain recipes that you. Now you did mention though you were going to talk a little bit about ingredients. So tell us a little bit oh, about yes. how the switch you made and how that made the book even well if it's vegan yes so tell us how about that well you know the the availability of ingredients the sheer availability is just mind-boggling 
it is, there's like really no excuses for anybody who wants to go plant-based. People say, how do I start? Well, I say, well, start with what you already like and just make it vegan. And it's, it's almost impossible not to, to find something that you can't make vegan. For example, people like pizza. Okay, so make it with more vegetables. Make it with vegan cheese. Make it with, you know, vegan pepperoni instead of the regular cheeses. Oh, my gosh. Cheeses from the 80s, they were like rubber. And they didn't taste like anything. They didn't melt. And now vegan cheeses, is, they're almost indistinguishable from dairy cheese. Um, even books that I wrote not so long ago, let's say 12, 14 years ago, basically there was rice milk and soy milk, neither of which are great for cooking. And now you have this whole array in every supermarket, oat milk, cashew milk, hemp milk, you name it. And a lot of them, are, and most of them are really very, very good. So it's the availability, it's the sheer array, and it's not just the products. I think supermarket produce sections have changed so much, even in the last 20, 25 years, where you have Caribbean vegetables, you have fruits that you never saw before. It's, you know, so the availability makes it easier for people who are interested in eating more healthfully. These are not exotic ingredients anymore. These are things you see at the supermarket. And I've always, from the very beginning, really tried to keep my books real. I live in a smallish college town. We don't have Trader Joe. We don't have Whole Foods. We have a couple of supermarkets and a natural food store. And I feel like if I can get what I need here, everybody can get what they need in their local town, usually. I mean, that brings up such a good point because even, you know, the, the vegetables seem to, the load in the grocery store seems to have improved. I mean, we, you know, you, you get kind of like a thing of wilty spinach or something. Now, so many people are really being careful and wanting to eat more uh, plant-based uh, diets and, and veg, vegetables and fruits. And so you're right. And then, too, like you say, the, the substitute or however you might call them, but the, the substitutes from uh, plant-based or from animal products to to uh, pretend, you know, like cheeses or whatever made out of vegan or made vegan, they, the whole array has just changed drastically. Absolutely. And there's amazing vegan feta cheese, vegan sour cream. I mean, I'm, I know in the old days we made sour cream out of yogurt and lemon juice. And I, I'm sorry, not yogurt. I meant to say, actually, yogurt's gotten better too, but I meant to say um, uh, tofu, silken tofu and lemon juice, and that's still okay. But I just find that the sour cream that comes in the tubs, like other sour cream, vegan sour cream, is just so amazing. It tastes like I remember it. And well, now, now and you're also. going back a while, right? <laughs> Since you oh, got absolutely. Real, well, I, I do want to get, we've talked a lot about the, the drawings and the subs of the ingredients and all that, but let's get down to these recipes. And I believe there's 170 of them in the book. So will you share a couple that. of your personal favorites? Oh, you know, I, oh, I've always had a penchant for soup. And I remember you mentioning at the beginning that you like my soups book, which I think is the next one I'd really like to update. Even though it's already vegan, I feel like, okay, I called for rice milk and soy milk. Time to update this book. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, there's in the, um, in the soups section, uh, this is a really good fall soup. Fall to winter soup is the sweet and sour cabbage soup. And as you notice, Eileen, all of my recipes have to fit into those kind of rectangular boxes. So I don't use yes. a billion ingredients. They're concise. 
they are very concise. So I, I like that. Another, let's see, another, let's see if I were to pick another section other than soups, perhaps, oh, oh, I, you know, I'm, I am definitely a salad girl. And, um, you know, some of the, some of the recipes are veganized, some of them from the old edition, some of them are new, but I do like the salads chapter quite a bit. I have an apple and pistachio salad that's really good. And again, this includes plain coconut yogurt. And the yogurts have gotten much better. I remember the old soy yogurts were like, oh, no, I don't want this. <laughs> and then I paired, I paired the apple pistachio salad with a saying by Che Guevara. And I think Che Guevara was really fun to draw. And I, I, think, I, I, think, I, I think I nailed him. He said, the revolution is not an apple that falls when ripe. You have to make it fall. It's the seeds. Oh, thank you for saying. <laughs> I mean, this is an example of you know the this, this I don't know if you call them the sidebars, but the added value of of the book because you do pair the recipes with you know particular things that really you know support what you're what you're sharing with the people and recipes. Oh, absolutely! And even before the recipes, I expanded the. I have an introduction that talks about the roots of vegetarianism and veganism and some eminent vegetarians, vegans, and animal advocates. And I expanded that from one page to two pages so I can include some women. And I was really excited to discover that Rosa Parks was a vegetarian for about 40 years and Coretta Scott King was vegan for the last 10 years of her life. So that, uh, that was very exciting news. I caught those, and I thought I had no I, – I, I mean, well, I didn't know about either one, but I think the Rosa Parks one was even more exciting because she was of a different generation, you know, I mean – Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. she – if you were weird, she would have been off the wall weird now, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, she was obviously way. like an, an early-ish adopter, although I did discover the word vegan and the concept of vegan has been around for a long time. Uh, Percy Shelley, the poet, and his wife – Mary Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, they were vegans, but it was called the natural diet. And the word vegan was coined in the 1940s. It was coined very, very deliberately by oh my the, British, the British Vegetarian Society or something like that. Well, and you talked about a little bit about soups and salads, and those, of course, are, you know, really good, good for our health. We know all that. But for those of us who like to stray from, well, it's not, I mean, these are healthy recipes. You have a, a chapter for us with those with sweet tooth. Oh, yes. I mean, you can't have a book like this without some desserts. And let's see, I'm trying to think what would be. This, this is a book that, this is, I'm, see, I'm sorry, a recipe that has traveled with me from one book to the other, which is the easy vegan pumpkin pie. There really is nothing easier than this. And it has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six ingredients, two of which are spices. <laughs> so it's just so super simple. And instead of egg, which is usually used, I use half a package of silken tofu, and that's what kind of binds it and gives it a really creamy texture. So great for this time of year. Another one I thought was great for this time of year is the apple crumble. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I have not made that this year. Apple crumble, and across from that is an apple brown betty, which is kind of those really old-fashioned American comfort desserts. Really economical, too. Really good. Yeah, no, you reminded me. I have a lot of apples in the fridge, so I'm really due to make this apple crumble. 
Everybody loves it. Well, and not for those of us with a, a chocolate fetish, <laughs> chocolate brownie cake, chocolate chip peanut butter cake. I mean, really, now you you've created a real. I mean, it's like you say, you people had brought in old copies of Vegetariana, all stained and all that. This new copy is going to be stained and dog-eared and underlined and all that, probably before people know it. Once we get their hands on it. Well, let's hope so. Maybe if I do some more talks in 20 years, people will be bringing this one all buckled and stained, although I I hope it won't be falling apart like the first edition. (laughs) Well, Nev, I could go on and on with you, but I know you have things to do, so I don't want to do that to uh, keep you too long. But I do want everybody to know you do have kind of a – well, you tell us about your websites and what's going on for you right now. And they're kind of like a – not a special, but what's going on, so – well, people can always visit theveganatlas.com and my other website, literaryladiesguide.com. Um, on the Vegan Atlas, please subscribe to my newsletter. I am going to be shipping signed copies probably until December 8th because I don't want them to get lost in the holiday mail. So those announcements will be made through my newsletters, and my newsletter sign-up form is on every single page of the site. People will see it. It's really, really hard to miss. And or just come for some new recipes. Things, new things are coming up there really every week. I try to post oh two to three times a week. There's always lots to explore. Oh my gosh, Nava! And two, the cookbooks. It's not just Vegetariana that people can order and have you uh, get a signed copy for their friends and family again for the holidays. You have several books that you're offering. I do. I have several books, and I have a couple of special cookbook bundles. One of them I call the No Excuses Bundle because the three main (laughs) excuses are, I'm going to miss meat, it's too complicated, and it's too expensive. So these three books really address those three excuses. That's why I call it the No Excuses Bundle. And then, you know, a few of the individual titles. Not all of them because, uh, you know, then the store would be a little too bloated. I just wanted to really curate it very carefully. Well, and just, too, you know, I love the most recent ones. I do want to Sorry. underscore every book that I've got. I I am not a, a creative cook necessarily, uh, although I can be when I cop, copy your recipes. But uh, the fact that the simplicity, I mean, really, because some of the cookbooks I've looked at, you know, there's 18, 20 ingredients, and a lot of them sometimes hard to source. And, and these, like you say, are simple, delicious, and you've created recipes that are with ingredients that people can find easily. If they're not in your own pantry, just run down to your local grocery store and you've got them. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's what I call keeping it real. And I think that's really important. Otherwise, people get intimidated and give up. Well, you don't intimidate me in the slightest other than the fact that you're so doggone talented now. <laughs> Maybe a teeny <laughs> bit. You, but before we have to leave, do you have any final thoughts for uh, becoming a vegan or any of any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? Well, I think I, I mentioned, I touched on it before. This is a question I get really a lot is, where how do I begin? And I really just say begin with what you already like. There's always a way to make it healthier and there's always a way to make it plant based. You know, just the, the cuisines and the types of food that you like already. It's not something exotic or something that you don't know about. You can you know, you can you can do this. I always tell people you can do this. And it's also a really important way to help to fight climate change as well. 
Oh, that we didn't even get into that this time, but that is so critical. That's, that's and for Nava, another, that's another topic. Another topic. Well, maybe that's what we'll discuss next time. And also, I would suggest, I'm going to add to that, uh, to go get on NAVA's uh, website and get yourself an order of the No Excuses Bundle, because that's going to help you transition easily in very delicious ways. So, NAVA, I always love chatting with you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Eileen. Well, and also, I mean, I mentioned once or twice about her creativity, but she is really an inspiration. Uh, her books, each one of them, uh, and especially this vegetarian and her new one, are filled with healthy, uh, temp- tasty, tempting recipes. And, of course, her artistry that goes along in the kitchen and on the page are really something special to have. So remember, this book is going to make for the perfect holiday gift for your friends and family, along with some of those others in the bundle. And uh, we all need to care about our health and well-being as we age, but we also need to care about the health and well-being of our planet. So I think it's important, and I really appreciate all NAVA's doing to help us do that. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.